Hey folks, this is our division breakdown series. Today we are tackling the AFC North. In these series, we are going through each division, we're breaking down and analyzing each team in each division, and then giving our projections on the final standings of those teams at the end of the year. Not wins and losses, um, just the final standings, one, two, three, and four. So we're gonna head um, and get started here with the AFC North. This is All Things Football. Gets a block from Hendricks and in the backfield, 15, 10, 5, juke and right, touchdown! All righty, Chase. So uh, how we're doing this is we're breaking it down um, where you get two teams, I get two teams, then we give our projections of the standings here at the end. So you want to go ahead and hit me up with your first team. Absolutely. My first team I've got covered here is the Baltimore Ravens, right? So they they had a kind of decent start to last year, and then it all went downhill when uh, Lamar got hurt. Lamar signed a huge contract making him now the second or third highest paid quarterback at the time he was the highest paid, but we know how that goes. So, uh, you know, they brought in a couple people to help him out. They brought in Odell Beckham from his ACL a year removed from his ACL, ACL tear last year. They drafted Zay Flowers with their first overall pick, give him some passing. They still have Rashawn Bateman, a former first round pick from Minnesota that I, I thought he was going to be a stud. I watched him tear up Iowa one year. And he still hasn't really popped, but he's still on the roster. He'd be a great number three, probably a number two until Zay can step up. Then their defense, moving to the defensive side of the ball. They've got, they let go of Clays Campbell, but they have David Ajabo coming in. They kind of, he was a second round stash for a year. He, he's the person who tore his ACL during the senior, I think it was senior uh, bowl down there. Maybe it was just his private workouts at Michigan, but otherwise he was the, other side of the offensive or the defensive line coming crashing in against uh, the other opposing teams opposite of Hutchinson last year. So we've seen how well Hutchinson did he projected, you know, kind of the same uh, project projections for David Ajabo coming off of that. They brought in Todd Monaghan from Georgia as their offensive play calling. And they say they want to pass the ball more, which is a little concerning because if you remember back to that 2019 season, Lamar's unanimous MVP, and the last time we've seen Lamar play a full year of football, he wasn't really known for passing. He struggled inside the numbers and deep, deep outside. He kind of had that medium route going, you know, medium arm talent, which was great for the, what he had dealing with, with uh, uh, Mark Andrews, his all pro tight end. But his Lamar's def, definitely better on the ground with his legs. We've seen how fast he can get. We've seen how electric he was in 2019. So apparently they're going to use some of that and mix in a couple passing. And Lamar's got yoked, you know, signed that new contract. He looks huge. I think he does this every training camp. But so that's that's kind of where their roster sits. Their, their coaching change. They brought in the new defensive coordinator from Michigan. Uh, their hardball brothers are just changing out defensive coordinators at this point in time. But. He did great with Michigan. We've seen how well his defense worked a couple of years ago with Hutchinson and David Ajabo, just like it was. So, you know, this team is seems to be on the up and up. They didn't get worse this offseason, so hopefully that means they got better. And like I said, they did a great job last year until Tyler Hundley had to come in. So their whole team kind of depends on Lamar's health. I would agree with you. Um, it's, I mean, it's going to be the Lamar Action Jackson show regardless, just with the type of, player that he is yeah. um and so we'll see if um you know monken comes in and kind of unlocks the next level to lamar because where lamar was currently at before we saw 
Um, the potential was really great, but the stability there just wasn't enough there, I don't think, for them to really make a playoff push or, or contend for a Super Bowl. So definitely going to have to take it to the next level. Um, so we'll see if, you know, the new OC will be able to do that. Plus adding, you know, maybe OBJ, maybe that's the, se you know, that's the secret sauce that they've been missing, yeah. right? We know that he hasn't had, you know, the, the biggest talent of wide receivers. Um, and so you could argue that that's been a setback for him. So we'll see kind of, it'll be interesting to see which Odell Beckham Jr. they're going to get. Um, yes. See how, how he'll be able to contribute and if he's going to be able to stay healthy. Yes, yes. Because, you know, a year ago, during the Super Bowl, he was, I mean, he was trending to be Super Bowl MVP. Torres ACL, Cup stepped up and got that MVP. It looked amazing. But if they get that o Odell game over, I mean, that he that's the player that he needs to come back to. And I even think he may have lost something from his New York days. But even if we just get a shadow of what it was in New York, Odell will be a great addition to this team. Yeah, we'll see. On his fourth team now, so making his way through the yep. league for sure. Um, but um, let's move on here to the defending divisional champs. I have one of my teams here as the Cincinnati Bengals. And so obviously the Bengals have been fantastic since Joe Burrow has stepped onto the field. Um, and I mean, they've made it to when he's completed a full season, right? Being healthy, they've made it to the Super Bowl and then made it to the AFC championship game. So they are doing everything that they need to do. Um, all of the pieces I think are there. There's just been some missteps, some mishaps. Obviously, injuries have been a concern. Um, and the biggest question has always been the offensive line. Are they doing enough to protect Joe Burrow? Yeah. Um, and so going into this season, right, it was going to be, is can they protect Joe Burrow? Because we've seen, you know, if you look at the last, the last three plays of Joe Burrow's career so far have all been ending with a sack um what happened whenever he got injured his rookie year happened at the end of super bowl and then it happened at the ac championship game right his last play has always been when they're set up especially the last two seasons they're set up for a chance to win the game um and he's getting pressured he's getting sacked it's because the offensive line hasn't hasn't been there to protect him so what did they do they brought in orlando brown jr right signed him in free agency took him away from their biggest um, rival in the AFC um, of the Kansas City Chiefs to come in and be that that franchise left tackle to protect Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think that's enough. Um, coming from a, a Chiefs fan who, who watched um, Orlando Brown Jr. for the past two years, I just I never got it. I never got it. I never got it. He just honestly he was not that good. I mean, you can argue, you know, he is a Super Bowl champ. Like they didn't leave him sacks. Like that's great. But when you look at like his win percentage, like, is just bad, right? He got beat very often. Mahomes was able to escape the pocket, make plays, right? Be able to work around it. Um, I don't think that is um, a victory signing as as many Bengals fans think. Um, it was lauded as one of the best offseason moves. It was lauded as, oh, you're stealing somebody away from the your rival, right? You're taking somebody away from the Chiefs on the offensive line. And I just... Um, I, I don't think it was. Um, I think what they needed to do, they, they did not get done. Um, time will tell, you know, how it looks there. But based on my experience of watching him every single game, the offensive line for the Bengals did not get any better um, with that addition. Um, that being said, they also lost a lot on defense, right? They lose their stud safeties, Jesse Bates, Von Bell. They also lose a stud tight end in Hayden Hurst. Um, and P. Ryan, someday P. Ryan went to Denver. Like, those were stud players 
um, that that left. I just don't think they did enough to 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 replace them. Um, they brought in um, you know Miles Murphy in round one of the draft. That, that was a good signing, but his potential just just due to injuries and some other things, family issues. Right, it's just his full potential hasn't been unlocked. Now their defensive coordinator is fantastic. One of the best coordinators in the league. I'm so I'm surprised he has not got, you know, a head coaching job, honestly, what he's been able to do the past two seasons. So maybe it's just because he's a defensive coordinator and so more teams are shying away from that, which I tend to agree with. Um, but um, so when we see what he'll be able to unlock with Miles Murphy, obviously DJ Turner from Michigan is a stud. Um, so add that in there. And then Jordan Battle from Alabama. I think he was underrated because most people were looking at um, the other safety is escaping my name, Brandon Brooks. Um, from, Brian Burns. from Brian Brooks. Thank you. Um, from, oh no, no, Brian branch, Brian, Brian branch. branch, um, for Bama. Sorry, Brian, I, I did you dirty there. Um, you're my guy. Um, Brian branch, he got all the hype and, and he well should have. Um, but, um, Very Jordan well. battle was still there in Bama. So I think yes. he, that was a steal in round three. So they brought in players and obviously don't forget one of my top five running backs was Chase Brown. They got him. And then one of your underrated players and Charlie Jones, they got, so they really had a very good draft. Like that's, I mean, for real, they had a very good draft. Um, I'm just concerned that they didn't really get better at the positions they need to get better. I don't think Orlando Brown Jr. is the, the, the right player for them at left tackle. I don't think that makes them any better. And some of the places, you know, having to rely a lot on their rookies on the, those deep, that defensive side of the ball in the secondary could be concerning. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm not straying away from the Bengals at all. We'll see what happens with the injury to the calf of Joe Burrow. Um, if he's able to nurse that up to where he's able to start the season without any problem. But the same thing happened last year where he had to take his appendix out, struggled a little bit early in the season because he missed camp and everything like that. And they turned it on and, you know, and they were fine, right? Made it to the AFC championship game one play away um, from, from making the Super Bowl, right? Um, so I'm not to say that I'm out on the Bengals, but um, I don't necessarily think that they got any better this year i really love their draft class though and i think they could build on that for you know a couple years to come but the immediate return on it i don't think we're going to see quite yet i agree i agree i agree they grabbed a lot of our when we did the draft stuff they grabbed a lot of our hidden gems you know kind of uh sleeper guys and those sleeper guys tend to take a couple years to develop and also you know uh the Bengals, their windows kind of, I hate to say closing, but that money's coming soon, right? Joe Burrow's the next quarterback up for a uh, extension. You're going to have to pay T Higgins, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but Bengals fans love. Jamar Chase is going to break the bank for them. They already kind of broke the bank for Orlando Brown. Mixon at least took a pay cut. Then you got to look at the defensive side. You don't want to lose any, a, a lot more of those guys. You know, you, you already mentioned they lost both of their safeties. We have Dax Hill coming in. We don't really know what he's going to look like. So I think it's, uh, you know, you can't say they got worse, but I don't know how much, or I guess you could say they got worse. But I just think they, you know, the old adage is if you don't get better, you get worse. And I think that's kind of where they fit. I don't know how much better they got. So by, by, uh, you know, pros and cons, they had to get worse. But I'm st still not out on the Bengals. I think they'll be just fine playoff team. Yep. Um, it'll be... It'll be interesting because it's going to be tough whenever you have the uh, the uh, percentage of cap tied up to two players on offense. It's just yes. it's so hard to it's so hard to to do that when you think that you know Joe Burrow, you know is, Joe Burrow says that he thinks that everyone's going to be able to get paid. So I don't know if he's hinting that maybe he'll take a pay cut and, and not 
be the top, you know, rated or Rainbow would be kind of similar there between, you know, Lamar and, and Herbert. But still, that's going to be in order between $50 million. That just doesn't seem possible to be able to pay $30 million to Chase and then $50 million to, to Pro to have all yeah. that cap just in two. I mean, that's got to be what? I mean, I'm not good at math at all. So this could be a, but that's got to be like what, 8%, 10% of your cap to one or to two people? Yes. I just don't feel like, oh, that's sustainable if you're really trying to compete for championships. So um, it'll be interesting how that shakes out. But this this would be the year, right, if we're talking about that. Like if they want to ride off into the sunset, maybe shake some things up in the offseason, you know, decide not to play some people or whatever. Or after they win, they want to keep the band together. So some people are like, okay, I'll take a pay cut to stay. I'll take a pay cut to stay. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough whenever that, that bill comes due. Um, for a couple of those players, but um, yeah, Absolutely. we'll see if they're able yeah. to do it. Yeah, and they play for the worst of it, our worst team, kind of. You know, even Carson Palmer when he when Burrow was drafted, Carson Palmer kind of came out and said they don't resign, they don't give out max contracts. The Bengals are very much flip it and let's go to the next one, right? Obviously, Joe Burrow's going to be there; they're not going to flip him, but they don't really keep a lot of wide receivers. You've seen they let Ocho Cinco go. Hushmanzada ended up with another team after he, his run. The Bengals are kind of weary on handing out big paydays like a good nfl team should be right you don't just get pay everyone that comes to play for you but maybe maybe they have generational talent they change that you know who the future is yet to be seen so we're still unclear about how they're going to operate still right. unclear well what uh what other team you got here chase all right i've got the cleveland browns and let me tell you this team is a wild card the more I look into it, the more I have zero idea of what they're going to do. So we'll just talk about the uh, big trade they made last season that didn't work out for him at all last season. Deshaun Watson, right? This guy is a question mark. I think he is maybe the biggest question mark in the league right now because we've seen him in 20, I think it was 2019, 2018, taken to the ranks, right? I remember the 20, I think 2019, he was ranked top 10 all of all players in the NFL top 100, right? This guy exploded onto the field. And then two years and then two years of, of requesting trades and all of the offseason stuff that we won't get into here, you know, that held him out for football for almost two years. He comes back and he comes back and he is awful. Does it looks like he doesn't know the place. Actually, besides Joe Burrow, he held well, no, even in front of Joe Burrow. But he held on to the ball the longest of any starting quarterback outside of, of Lamar and Fields, and they ended up running with it, which is why they held on to the ball. Outside of QB runs, he held on to the ball way longer. He was he was somewhere around four to five seconds when a normal play is two, one to two. So that you know he he had, couldn't read the defense, had struggled there, didn't feel like he was uh, comfortable in the offense. Now. During that 13-game suspension he had, he couldn't be around the team and he couldn't look at the playbook. So maybe he didn't know the offense. Maybe he needed this offseason. But uh, I think Kevin Stefanski, their coach, has proved that he is not the person to elevate a quarterback. He had Baker Mayfield that first year there he looking like a star. He was ranked top 20 in the NFL top 100 that year. He comes back with the same team, gets, gets, he should get even better, and Baker has no idea what he's doing. And I believe that's Safansky's game plan. I don't think he's quarterback friendly. Uh, now we'll get on to the plus side of the, the Browns because there is a couple plus sides. One of them is maybe the best running back in the NFL and Nick Chubb. Yes, they let Kareem Hunt go, but Nick Chubb, by the end of the year, it was like Kareem Hunt wasn't even on the roster. That guy was doing it all. 
He was catching the ball, not as he, as elitely as you'd like to see from like Kareem Hunt, but enough where you didn't have to switch him out, right? He was taking the runs. He is a workhorse, one of the few workhorses left in the league. And I just think that that run game is not going anywhere. They drafted a right tackle, a huge right tackle, what Dewan Jones from Ohio State. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I th- blanking, but I think it's Dewan Jones. Huge guy, run blocker, right tackle, just eat up those blocks. Kind of struggled in pass protection, but that's what the Browns are going to do. They're going to run the ball with Chubb. Still have Jerome Ford on that roster. He looked really good coming out of Cincinnati last year, so we can't wait to see what he gets into. And then on the defense, that defensive line, they are reared to go. They have Miles Garrett, one of the best defensive players in the league. He has been since day one, pick one, right? And then they brought in Zadarius Smith. Was As a Packer fan, I kind of mixed feelings about. He had a couple good years, got hurt, looked good in a couple games for the Vikings and then just look lost. So maybe he can get back to that 2018 level, but who knows really. And then on their backfield they're they're okay. Right. They have one side, they have Denzel Ward, who's kind of been locked down quietly underrated. And then the rest of their roster on defense is kind of missing, right? They have JOK, Jeremiah Wusu Koromora. He is a great uh, tweener type linebacker, a pass coverage that really struggles in the run. And that's kind of their team story. They brought in Anthony Walker to try to stop the run, and I don't know if he'll be able to. That team needs desperately a run stopper. They drafted my uh, gem in the draft, Ski Ika from Baylor. That guy, he was a great run stopper, but like you said, these gems normally need a couple years to develop. And then they drafted a couple other people. Isaiah McGuire was there. We've talked about him a couple times going through the draft. He's kind of a nice underrated defensive end from Missouri. And then they drafted Luke Whipler in like the seventh round, which was our number one center in the league or in the draft. So it'll be nice to see if he can come in and maybe even start a guard if they don't need him at center right away. So I think they're, they'll, they'll be okay, but they're just, they've got too big of a question mark right now. And their uh, pass catchers to help Deshaun out is Amari Cooper, which Amari Cooper, they say is underrated just because he gets a lot of yards. Amari Cooper is like the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers, just average. He'll get about a thousand yards and then he's out, right? There's nothing special about his game. There's nothing that pops. And then they have Donovan Peoples-Jones, a great gadget guy, but he's not a great number two. He'd be one of the best number threes. They're using him as a number two. I just think that team is kind of confused on how they go forward, right? They've got, they've paid Deshaun that huge guaranteed contract. We kind of talked about it with the Bengals. It's hard to build a team when a lot of your cap's going one way. So they got to kind of figure out what, what they want to do, right? Garrett's going to come up. He's I, I think they already extended him. If not, he's getting real close to an extension. They just got to figure out real soon because Denzel Ward's going to need some money. They got to get this team on the straight and narrow soon or Stefanski's out the door. Um, yeah, I mean, you you nailed it right on the head when you talk about wild card, like, like literally wild card. Like you, they could be possibly the last team in the wild card like trying to get in there at the end of the season or they could have just totally blown it and be not even close right they're very a, a mixed bag type of uh, type, type of team yes. um where they got good they got you know studded players like obviously garrett chubb you know like you know players that are like no question top five in their position for sure if not you know even higher than that but top five for sure um but they just don't have um maybe the most important positions figured out and so that's what we're going to have to wait on. So that's that's the yeah. true wild card where you roll the dice and you're not really sure what you're going to get. So we can only go off of what we just saw. And so for me, that leaves me you know, lacking uh, lacking confidence in, in the Browns yes. and what they're going to be able to accomplish this season. 
Yep. Nope. I, I'm with you. Um, finishing right. out here, the AFC North End, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if you've been watching this pod in, in any format, uh, you know, on YouTube, audio, you know, however you find it, you've, 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 you've heard me say very much that I'm very high on the Steelers this year. So I don't want to beat this too much. Um, but, but just by talking about basically just some of the things that I really like from the Steelers that I think will be able to make them competitive. All right, so you can go back and look at past episodes if you want, you know, me to gush about them. Um, but just sticking here, analyzing the team, right? Um, I love the offseason um, that the Steelers had. I don't know if I don't know if a team has had a better offseason. We're talking about free agency and we're talking about the draft. Um, when we're looking here at, at free agent signings, right? They got Isaac Siamulu from the Eagles at guard, a stud player. They need to get better on the offensive line. They bring in him. Um, they bring in Patrick Peterson. Um, which c- might be kind of overrated just because, you know, Patrick Peterson is kind of, um, you know, an aging veteran, but he had one of the best years of his career yes- last year um, for the Vikings. He finished with five interceptions, 14 forced incompletions, and had his highest PFF grade since 2018. Um, so he was a stud for the Vikings last year. And so, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers get him um, to serve as a mentor and, and a player that can play here in the short term um, for them. Um, Allen Robinson, um, I know you're not very high on Allen Robinson. Um, but I really liked him on, on the Bears, and I was I was shouting from the mountaintops like free Allen Robinson. Like I wanted to go to a team that's going to be able to throw the ball. So then he went to the Rams. I thought this is it. They're going to be able to lock his potential. And then Sean McVay screwed him over and basically made that entire offensive solely orbit around Cooper Cup. Um, that that was it. I mean Robinson only had like 33 catches or something like on the year and it just his target share was down and the plays just weren't designed for him to get open like when you saw the routes he was running like he was covered all over the place and it's because yes. all of the play calls every single play design was designed for cooper cup now you know what? i get it. cooper cup's your best player like he's coming off having one of the best wide receiver wide receiver seasons ever like i get it but whenever you focus so much on that like you're you're inhibiting the other players like what they can do to help build your team and so when cooper cup went down and your whole offense surrounded over him you were left with not being able to do anything on offense obviously it hurt as well as stafford go down but just the Allen robinson production wasn't there like i thought it was going to be for all of those reasons and that's one of the reasons why i kind of take a step back when people talk about how much they love sean McVay, and i just think he's so one-dimensional um and he obviously focused on what he was good at, what the, what the offense was good at, and that was Cooper Cup. And when Cooper Cup was injured, um, there was no plan B. There was even no plan C or D, right? It was just Cooper Cup or bust. And at that point, the whole season came crumbling down. As soon as Cooper Cup was injured, it was over. And so I didn't really like that very much. So with Allen Robinson there, now there with the Steelers, a young receiver group. He'll be the veteran kind of presence there. Um, I, I have a high outlook. I mean, I don't think he's going to go crazy, right? But I think his production will definitely definitely increase. Um, and then I think the most underrated signing, I'm going to say this, the most underrated signing of all of football is going to be them signing Hakeem Butler from the XFL. Hakeem Ooh. Butler, who played for the Seattle, or the St. Louis Battlehawks, was a stud. So he came into the league with the Cardinals, didn't make it there, trying to resurface. So he gets a shot, a shot here. Um, I think he's got to, honestly got a good shot at making this team. Um, he he is a baller. He is a stud. His hands are fantastic. He's big. He's physical. He just plucks the ball out of the air. 
Um, and, and I think that that's something that, that the Steelers need. Um, and so and we're looking at the draft as well, right? They got Broderick Jones to shore up the offensive line. They got Joey Porter Jr. They've got Keanu Benton. Uh, they got Darnell Washington as well. So, I mean, they just killed it here with, with these offseason moves. And then we ought to take a look at what they already have on defense. They've got Alex Hightower, who's coming off a career year in sacks last season. And they obviously has T.J. Watt coming back fully healthy. They just signed Quan Alexander to a one-year deal. I mean, they're bulking up that defense to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. I'd put them as of right now, right behind the 49ers. Um, as preseason rankings, like going into the season, just so high on them, mainly T.J. Watt is the reason there. Um, but I just think there's there's so much talent there. It's all going to come across what is the offense going to be able to do with Kenny Pickett. Is he going to be able to finish out the year, right? So he finished the year on a 6-1 and one record, 84 um, pass rating, right? He finally caught on there in his rookie season towards the end. It's going to be, is he going to be able to build off of that to hit the ground running to keep them successful, right? We already know they're going to at least be 500, right? We just, you can pencil that in. They were one win away from making the playoffs last season. Um, so they, they legitimately have a shot at, at making the postseason this season. I would, I wouldn't put it past them at all. Um, but it's going to, it's going to depend on, on Kenny Pickett. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I've talked about Kenny Pickett, um, where, um, you know, he had four game winning drives, three or fourth quarter comebacks, became the first rookie in NFL history to have a game winning touchdown pass in the final minute of the fourth quarter and back to back games. He's kind of got that clutch gene. We saw it there at the end of last season. We'll see how he progresses here in year two. Is he going to have some of that sophomore slump, or is he going to be able to, to keep moving on and, and keep progressing um, and and lead the the Steelers, you know, on a playoff run there to, to be successful? So um, all all of it's there. Um, all of it's there. I don't think their schedule is is very difficult either. Um, they play a lot of games that I think are winnable. Um, just due to the nature of where they finished um, last season in the standings. Um, so obviously, you know, you start off the season with the 49ers, so that's going to be a tough one. Um, but you play the Raiders, you play the Texans, you play the Colts, you play the Rams, you play the Titans, you play the Cardinals, you play the Patriots. A lot of those teams that are bottom of the league um, that I think the Steelers are clearly better than. So they definitely have a shot at, at going um, – I would, I would put their cap probably at 10 wins, just looking at it. I know we're not doing, you know, record predictions. So I don't want to, um, but just looking here, cause he's, I see a lot of people saying like, Oh, on paper, they're really good. But when you look at their schedule, I'm like, bro, I'm looking at their schedule. And I think that's, I don't think that's as, as a tough schedule. Like, yes, they're in a tough division, but the division, every single team went three and three against the division last year. So every team won three, every team lost three. So this division is competitive. Um, they know each other well. They play each other well. Um, so I think they're going to be in the mix, you know, the entire season. All right. And you can have games break your way. You can have games break, you know, not your way. I mean, who would have thought the Steelers last year would have beat the Bucks, right? Tom Brady and the Bucks last year, but they did. So there's always going to be those one games where you might win one that you shouldn't. You know, a lot of teams, you know, lose a game that they shouldn't. Um, but there's some teams like the Steelers, right? Somehow they always get to 500, no matter how bad they are. It's because they win games that they shouldn't. And so there's plenty of games on here where they can win just because they are the better team. And then they can win because they're the team that wins the games that they shouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent, you know, talking about win games, they shouldn't. And uh, that first game with the 49ers, you've seen it last year, the 49ers for a couple of years now have come out real flat. I think the bears, Justin Fields beat them last year. Yeah. So it's possible. The only thing that scares me with the Steelers is Matt Canada. How does that guy still have a job? That guy is so bad. If anyone can screw up 
this team, it's Matt Canada. But Mike Tallman's still there. So it's kind of coaches fighting among themselves, one of the greats and one of the worst. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked everything you said. The Steelers definitely have a chance. It, 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 they just – one thing is they play these teams really well, like you said. I think last year uh, Joe Burrow threw 13 interceptions, I believe, and six of them came against the Steelers, three per game. So they played the best quarterback in that division. They got his number already. I think TJ Watt even had two of them. So it's just it's it's dynamic how they how they play these teams. So there there's definitely a way that these that the Steelers can be back to where they were with Roethlisberger and Brown. Yeah. So it's it's a possibility there. So high, high on the Steelers here, but um, that's the quick um individual analysis there, deep dive on on each of those four teams in the AFC North. So let's go ahead and give our our final um, division standings. So Chase, at the end of the 2023 NFL season, the AFC North standings will be what? I'm going Bengals at the one, Ravens second, Steelers third, Browns fourth. Okay. So logically I get that and I want to pick that too, but sometimes you got to be bold and you got to say screw logic and you got to go with your heart. This will be the final standings of the AFC North. It'll be Bengals first, okay. Steelers second, Ravens third, okay. Browns fourth. Yep. Nope. I, I see that. I think these Ravens and Steelers, I think they are neck and neck. I think it's I think it's kind of obvious who the number one is and who the number four is. Let's say Deshaun Watson pops off and throws a wrench into that. I still don't think anyone's touching the Bengals is number one. I think they are the best clearly built team out of these four with the best coaching staff around them. But uh, I, the Ravens, I just think Todd Monken, I hope he can do good. That worries me just a tad bit. Like we, I talked about going to more passing. I understand it's a passing league. That's how you win games. But with Lamar, I don't know if that's his strong suit. But I believe in him. We've seen the success he's had at Georgia. And then these, you know, the Steelers, Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett kind of, they scared me. I'll be honest that I, I wasn't big on Kenny Pickett at all. I think he was my quarterback four coming into his draft class. Matt Canada, I've already said, I believe is the worst offensive coordinator in the league. So th- th- there's a, there's the, the uh, faith I have to put the Ravens over the Steelers. Yeah. And like I said, like logically, like, like I'm with you, like we're thinking logic, but every year there's always, you know, always a team that, that just gets in, right. That just plays good and they make it. Um, and so I, I'm putting my chips in and I'm, I'm putting that on the Steelers this year. They're going to be the team that, that shocks the league and, and shocks the world. Um, and they're going to play They're going to play competitively enough to go ahead and get in. Cause I'm with you. Like I wasn't a fan of Kenny Pickett coming out of college. I didn't like the pick when the Steelers picked him there in the first round. Um, I just, that wasn't really a good draft for quarterbacks anyway. Um, but um, I just, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't like it, but like I said, I'm I'm kind of get, I'm on the Steelers hype train for sure. I'm not all the way on the Kenny Pickett hype train, but the way he finished out um, the season last year gives me hope as something that he can build on. Um, and like I said, when you get you know, I think Allen Robinson is going to be a good fit. George Pickens is a baller. Um, Hakeem Butler, if he gets in there, um, you know, a lot of a lot of good pieces. But obviously, the defense is going to be what's going to carry him, right? So the the offense is just going to need to score like 20 points for probably. To, to win games and the defense is going to be able to help help them. So as long as the offense can get up to about 20, 21 points a game, then I think that they'll be able to to win a fair share of their games. Yeah, no, then, I definitely see that. 
Um, the Browns, you know, have to put a last just because they have the biggest question at quarterback. Yes. Um, you, you can't have that big of a question at the most important, uh, the most important position. Um, you know, the Browns could easily finish third or second, right? I'm not going to put it past them. I would be shocked if they did, honestly. Um, but with that question mark there, I just, I can't, I can't put them up any higher than fourth, right? Every other, even, even I do have some sort of question mark on Kenny Pickett. It's definitely less question mark than I have on, uh, on Deshaun Watson there. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll go, you know, either way, logically, I agree with you, but in my heart, my gut, just every fire in my being tells me that's going to be. Steelers there, there at number two. So I got to stick with my gut here on this one. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and go for that. Yeah, nope, I agree. And with the Browns, you know, we had to put them fourth, not only because of Deshaun, but I think they are considerably worse at de- in, at the defensive side of the ball than all of the other three teams, right? Even even with the losses the Ravens took with Coyas uh, Campbell leaving, they still Marcus have Peters that left too. Mar- oh, Mark, that's true. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't remember that, but yep. But they still have the, that dynamic linebacker duo. They kept uh, Queen on his second, on his fifth year option, and then they gave Roquan Smith that huge contract. Those two are studs. They got David Ajabo coming back. They have uh, what is Odolph Oway already. He kind of bloomed for him last year. Kind of flew under the radar. And then we, you already talked about the Steelers and the Bengals defense. We, you know, they uh, you mentioned that too. You had that defensive coordinators pulling you know, rabbits out of hats, taking these no-name Logan Wilsons and making them household names, right? Jared Pratt, you know, he's bounced around a couple teams, kind of finally found a home at the Bengals. So I think the Browns question mark on the offense and defensive side are both, are all bigger than the other three. Well, there you have it, folks. Those is, um, that is the division breakdown for the AFC North. So let us know in the comments, um, maybe things that we missed on your teams, things that you think, um, you know, that you thought we got wrong or maybe things that you agree with. You know, I obviously want to have our minds open just as not true fans of the indie teams yes. in the AFC North. Um, you know, we have it, you know, from this, this you know, our point of view here looking into it. But um, and let us know what you think with the final projections. If we got the standings right, let us know who uh, maybe your Cinderella team is. Maybe it is the Steelers in number one. or Maybe you're taking the Browns all the way to win, right? Yeah. Love to hear there. So let us know there in the comments and uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel like so you get our um, each one of our new division breakdown series as we debut them, as well as our normal episode and podcast clips. Um, so thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time here on All Things Football.